Scripture reading this morning is Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree, and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above the earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people, praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him. Praise the Lord. Well, good morning. It is great to see everybody today. It's wonderful to be together again. And I must say, after all this time, some of you are really, uh, you're looking a lot better. Um, The mask does help, you know, in some cases. So really appreciate that. But uh, it just, uh, it's wonderful to be back together. And I'm just thinking, as we sit here today, the... uh, the things that have happened since we've been together in this place. Uh, for the Newland family, the loss of, uh, of our brother Alejandro early on in, in this uh, time frame. And then some wonderful things that have happened uh, since. Uh, birth, uh, a couple of kids have come our way and we're just so glad to have Wesley here with JR. Happy Father's Day for the first day. And uh, A-Love course coming to Colin and uh, to Kaylee and we wish... Uh, don't mean to leave you out, Morgan, on that as well. Sorry, it was just Father's Day, but uh, but also we're just so uh, so looking forward to seeing uh, Ayla as well, and wish uh, Colin his first uh, Father's Day. And in case you may have missed her, because when I first came in, I didn't notice right away because she had a mask on and my glasses were fogged up. But uh, Amelia is here today, and we're just so glad to have Amelia. It's always a blessing to have uh, to have her with us, and it's just good to to be together uh, t- together today. You know, I've been uh, thinking it's almost like uh, this is a little maybe a little overstatement, but it's almost like uh, feel like Israel coming out of Babylonian captivity. Uh, now I know that was seventy years, and this has been three months, but I, I feel like that same sort of uh, sense of celebration and joy of being being able to come back together after we've been apart for so long, because it's it's definitely been so very different. And I think of what the psalmist said. I was glad when they said to me, "Let us go to the house of the Lord." And I know we're the house of the Lord, but um, at the same time, it's good to assemble together. And did I mention that it was? I'm so sorry. I haven't done this for a long time, so you'll have to excuse me. Did I mention Emmett's first Father's Day? Did I, leave, did I forget Emmett? I'm, if I did, I've. I'm losing, I'm kind of losing my memory a little bit, but I uh, also want to make sure I don't leave Emmett out on his first. So, uh, But this is a time of coming back together when we, uh, we just really want to praise the Lord today. 
And I would have to say, when John and I were talking about this day for weeks, and we thought, let's have a lot of singing our first Sunday back. Well, we weren't anticipating the masks. So uh, apologies for that. They were sort of okay, except I was afraid I was going to pass out from breathing in my so much carbon dioxide. But other than that, you know, getting a little breather every once in a while. Because of, you know, John and I have been able to preach for the last three months, but we haven't all been able to sing together. And it's such a blessing to be able to sing. And today our hearts are just filled with gratitude to the Lord and we want to praise Him that we're back together and we look forward to continuing to meet. We do recognize that in our time apart, in our country and in this world, there's been a lot of loss. There's been a great deal of illness. There's been a great deal of death. Tens of thousands of people have been in grief and mourning. And we think of the financial losses that in some places may take decades to rebuild and the impact that that's had on people's lives, not just in dollars and cents, but the, 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 the way that people have been hurt through that. And our hearts are definitely broken over that and go out to so, so, so many people who, who are hurting in so many ways today. And yet at the same time, we're able to thank God that we're here today. We're able to thank God for the protection and the health that he's granted to us, even in the midst of the trials that have been faced. We thank God for the way he's provided for us in a time of uncertainty and the way that we as a church have been able to respond to the needs of others who found themselves in, in, in need of one type or another. And as we, as we come together today to praise the Lord, I just want to read again a psalm of praise, Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes, in the Son of Man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. But blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets his prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations, praise the Lord. And so we've come together today here to praise the Lord. Coming before His throne of grace together to offer His thanks. To unite our voices together in song. And I know we've been singing a bit today, but would you join me in this song of praise? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures heavy low. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And so here we are. Assembled together to praise the Lord. And I know we all know this and we've probably experienced in our time where you can worship God anytime, any place, 24 hours a day. You can worship God any place. 
During the time that we've been apart, there have been days of just walking through the park over by our house where I am just find myself praying or sometimes find myself singing. And I'm a little careful because when people see you walking around the park and it looks like you're mumbling, they kind of wonder about you. But, you know, Sunday mornings when we're streaming our service and where the music is, the songs are being played, perhaps you're sitting there in your home singing those songs like so many of us are. And we recognize the fact that we can worship in, in such a way. And we're grateful for the opportunity we've had to meet in, through technology. And some people are taking an advantage of that right now. But I think we'd all have to agree there's nothing like being together, of looking into each other's eyes, seeing each other face to face. To be in the same room and share the body and the blood of Jesus Christ and to find our strength in Him. To join our voices together in song. To give our gifts to the Lord. We're so blessed to be able to come together today and to worship Him. And it's a reminder for us as we come together that our salvation in Christ is not just something that happens to us on an individual basis. Certainly, I come to to faith in the Lord. And and I I respond in that faith. uh, in, in, In repentance and baptism and We thank God for our new sister in Christ who's experienced that while we've been apart. We're so thankful for that. And, and of course, that there is a personal level of faith, but we haven't been saved to be alone. We we weren't called in Christ to remain in isolation from one another, but rather God is calling together a community of people. Through Jesus Christ, God calls a family together that that is made of family by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we are, as the Bible reminds us, a group of people who are called out. We are an assembly. We are living stones built on one another, becoming a a temple, a dwelling place for God in which He lives by His Spirit. We're the family of God, brothers and sisters of one another, because we're all sons and daughters of God. We are truly one family that's brought together. We were called together to be a community of faith. The word fellowship comes to mind. A word we find in many forms in the New Testament. The word koinonia, which means a partnership, a sharing, a communion, a joint venture. It's about the sharing of all life together. And it's what we do in the church. It's a total sharing of life, of priorities, of our worldview, of our worship, of our possessions, everything. And when we're reading in Scripture, we read about how we have fellowship in the sufferings of Christ. We have fellowship together in in the grace of God and in the hope that we have. We have fellowship in the joint venture that we have in the works of the kingdom, where we have the same priorities and the desire to spread the word of God and to see other people come into the kingdom of God. We share our meals together. We share joys together. We, we share sorrows together. We share all of life together. We have a common life. We have a common love. And we often sing about that common love and life that we have together. A common love for each other, common gift to the Savior, a common bond holding us to the Lord. A common strength when we're weary, a common hope for tomorrow, a common joy. In the truth of God's Word.
That's why assembling together today is so important to us. Because we share these things in common. Because we're meant to be a family together, a community. And the church simply can't survive in isolation. This is not a life we're meant to live by ourselves. But with our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's the nature of the church from the very beginning of the church, from its earliest days. In Acts chapter 2, in verse 42, we have a description of these first followers of Jesus. And we read, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. It's an amazing description of that first group of believers, those followers of Jesus. We know this chapter. We know this setting very well. It's the day of Pentecost. The day begins with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the apostles and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that is now ready to come upon all flesh. And as Peter stands that day and proclaims the good news of Jesus Christ, it is that Jesus of Nazareth, whom they have just recently crucified, is in fact the Lord, the God, and the Messiah, Christ of Israel. And he urges the people to turn from their disbelief, to turn from their sin to put their faith in Jesus Christ and by His authority and in His name to be baptized. Their sins will be forgiven, Peter declares, and they will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that's not only the life-giving power of God and the sanctifying power of God within them, but the very presence of God that will tie them together as a new family of people. This is how that new life together, that new fellowship begins on the day of Pentecost. They are united by a common faith, but they're filled with the common spirit. And so their life together begins, and that life is described in the text. Notice how, how Luke says they devoted themselves. This is something they're doing together. All together as a group of people, they are devoting themselves. They recognize that they are together, and they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching. They have literally in their presence the apostles themselves, who are no doubt teaching them who Jesus is and the implications of who Jesus is, but also passing along to them the teachings of Jesus himself about the nature of the kingdom, about this new life they have, and how they're to live as as followers of their Lord. And they're devoted to that teaching, to be shaped by it. This becomes the core of the faith that unites them. We're also told that they are devoted, that they devoted themselves to the fellowship. They recognize that they are together. And they're devoted to that. They're devoted to one another. They're devoted to the fellowship, to the fact that they are called together to be a people who share everything. And they, they give themselves over to that and become part of that family. Not living just as individual believers there in in that part of the world, but rather they understand that they have a fellowship, a communion, a participation in life that will impact every aspect of their lives. 
we're told that they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. And as you know, the term breaking of bread can sometimes refer to the Lord's Supper, sometimes to just sharing a meal together. Usually that's determined by the context of the passage. And later in this very passage that we read, down a couple of verses later, we read how they're breaking bread from house to house, which seems to be a reference to sharing meals together in each other's homes. But here in the context of these main issues and and matters of the faith, the apostles' teaching, uh, the breaking of bread, the fellowship and prayer, we understand this to be a reference to the Lord's Supper. These early believers devoted themselves to the Lord's Supper. Not just the regular practice of partaking of the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week, but they devoted themselves to what that supper meant. A proclamation of the death of Jesus Christ until He comes. A remembering of who Jesus is and what He has done for all of us. They were devoted to that, to being together, to finding their spiritual nourishment and life in the body and blood of Jesus and finding in Him their common mission of proclaiming the risen Christ until He comes. They devoted themselves to prayer, to the prayers. They devoted themselves to being a group of people who understand their dependence upon their God and Father. And as as a community of faith, they devoted themselves. They gave themselves over to a life of prayer individually and collectively. And if we had time to go through the book of Acts, we would see all of these themes playing out. Time after time, we find the church devoted to these things and devoted to prayer. And we read these, of course, and we think, well, that's exactly... Who we long to be as followers of Jesus, we want to be devoted likewise, just like them. We want to be a people who are devoted to the apostles' teaching. We want to be a people devoted to the breaking of bread, to the fellowship, to prayer. This is who we're called to be. And and as we read the rest of that passage or are reminded of it, we see how that played out. What did that look like? What was it like to be a part of a group of people who were devoted to such things? Well, Luke says... They were all together. They held all things in common. And when there were people that had need within this group, that if it required the selling of the possessions, and some people would sell their possessions to make sure that their brothers or sisters had what they needed. We know that's a kind of a unique situation in Jerusalem. All the people that have come for Pentecost and then perhaps stay for a longer period of time because of their new faith in Christ. And there are some special needs there because of that. But I think how that's... How that's continued to be true for the church throughout the years and how it's true for us. How we as a church respond to the needs of our brothers and sisters in Christ in a variety of ways. Not just with emotional support and help, but with financial aid and help to one another. It's such a blessing that we as a church can share our gifts with one another. And make sure that our brothers and sisters are cared for. Luke goes on to say how they met together every day. And I think of how, up until about three months ago, that pretty well described us. For a lot of us, uh, almost a day did not go by without seeing someone from the church family. And there was almost every day something happening in the fellowship of the life of the church. It's just a part of who we are. Whether it's our Sunday morning worship or our life groups or the dinners that we have together, serving together in ministry... We spend a lot of time together, not just in, in, in things that are planned here at the building or in, in, in ministry or service, but just in each other's lives because we care about each other. 
We are, we're just like them. We, we find ourselves meeting together. In, in this particular church situation in the first century, we read that there was a sense of awe and that mighty works were being done by the apostles. Well, we lay no claim to miraculous works among us, but we do continue to have in the church a sense of awe when we see the mighty works that are done in the name of Jesus in the church and the way that people are served and the way that the gospel is shared. And we recognize in our lives of ministry as members of the body of Christ, we have a sense of awe that God is working through us, that God is carrying out a work through us. We're also told there in Luke 2 that they were praising God. And certainly that's true of us as we come together today, and it's always true of us. We long to praise God for all that he's done for us. And then Luke says that they were having favor with all of the people. It's an interesting situation here in Acts chapter 2 because the other people here in this particular context are apparently just a lot of Jews who are there in Jerusalem for Pentecost. And then this amazing thing happens on the day of Pentecost where this new group of people just springs into existence through the proclamation of this word of the Apostle Peter and this new community comes into being. And so we, we have people in there in Jerusalem looking at this and thinking, what is this? What's going on? And they're, they're drawn to that. They, they take notice of it and they see this as being a good thing happening. In fact, we're told, as the passage comes to a conclusion, that this had such a dramatic effect along with the preaching of the gospel that God added to their number every day those that were coming to faith in Jesus Christ. The things that we read here in Acts 2 are things that we long to experience and do experience in the community of faith of which we're a part. Ellen and I were talking the other day about... uh, just something we all experience, that the blessings that you have every day are so easy to take for granted until they're gone. It's just, it's just the way it is. We just tend to forget at times and not be appreciative in the moments that we have. And I thought how that is so true about the life in the community of faith that we typically have been blessed with and enjoyed through the years. Thirteen weeks. Thirteen weeks. Thirteen Sunday mornings. We have not come together. I thought it was going to be two. When they said, yeah, everybody, we're going to have to see. I thought, okay, it's going to be a couple of weeks. Thirteen weeks. Thirteen Sunday mornings. Thirteen Bible classes. John's got to get us through our Bible class. We're not done. We need, we need to finish that. Thirteen Wednesday nights, thirteen life group meetings, thirteen of everything that happened on a weekly basis, all those things that we did not get, get to enjoy, and who could have imagined? And we're, we're so thankful for the ways that we did connect on Facebook Live on Sunday mornings, on Zoom on Wednesday night, where we could actually see each other and talk uh, uh, to each other. And after class, we'd stay on for 30, 45 minutes just to be able to, to speak. And, uh, and there have been some blessings that we've enjoyed there, having other people join us that, no, that don't normally, uh, that aren't normally a part of our fellowship. And, uh, and we're thankful for that. But 13 weeks is a long time. And it's a reminder to us that we were not saved and called to faith in Christ to live in isolation from one another. That the church is not about just me and my personal understanding of Scripture. 
The church is about a community that reflects the grace and the love and the heart of God within its fellowship and through that draws others to the God who fills us with his grace and mercy. And so we come together today in that light to truly to praise the Lord, to thank God for bringing us back together, for making us his people. We thank God for for blessing us and strengthening us. And we know that as we're here today, we have brothers and sisters whose health may be compromised. They have concerns that they're going to be home for a few more weeks. We're going to miss them until they're able to join us. We will, in the meantime, continue every every class and service that we have will be uh, will be on Facebook Live at this point, I believe. And uh, so we do want to encourage people to take advantage of that. They'll be uploaded to the website. We think thankful to all the people who make that possible. But we are just grateful to be back together on Sunday morning and on Wednesday night this week. We look back to being together in our class. We thank God for preserving us, for strengthening us, for blessing us through all of this. But I would like to remind us today that this isn't just about resuming our meeting together. As, a, as such a blessing that is. This is also a time when, step by step, we have more opportunities to engage others. To engage people in our neighborhoods. To engage people more socially as we get out, those who are going back at work. We're not so isolated, and it's not just a thanksgiving today and a praise to God for the, for the opportunity of coming together. It's also a reminder that this is a time to do a re-engagement of those people around us who don't know the Lord. So much has happened in the last three months, internationally and within the borders of our own country. There's a lot of darkness in our world right now. And the Church of Jesus Christ, we... We are the ones who have the light of Christ to shine in that darkness. We live in a world right now where there is so much estrangement. There is division. There is polarization. There is anger. And sometimes even hatred. We who are a community of believers have a word of peace. We have a word of reconciliation. It's not a word found in our political vocabulary, this is a peace that's found in Jesus Christ. Because if, there's, if you've ever doubted it before, I think there's no way of doubting this now, that the only true power that can unite everyone together in unity and peace is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who made that way possible through the shedding of his blood and calling all of us to humility and repentance and submission. Because it's only in such a community that true peace can, can, can survive. We have that word of peace in Jesus Christ. In a world of death, where people are still dying, not just from the virus, of course, but from all sorts of other reasons, we can point people to the great physician. We can speak to this world of he who is the resurrection and the life, who is the hope beyond this life. And the true hope for this life. With so much hopelessness. 
we, this community of faith, we have words of hope. We have the truth that is the hope of the world. And so as we thank God today and praise Him for being able to come back together, let's recognize the opportunities that we may have right now and take advantage of every one of them to be that, that channel of light and grace and peace and unity and humility that can draw people together and more importantly than drawing people together, draw together to God, to salvation, to Jesus Christ. We're going to sing a song that says, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." It's by trusting in Jesus. It's by being plunged in salvation as we have been through faith and repentance and baptism that we share in this community. And we sing this song today as a reminder and as an invitation to anyone who's not part of this fellowship that we call you to faith in Christ. We call you to submit to His Lordship, to bow your knee, to confess with your tongue as we have that Jesus Christ is Lord, to turn from disbelief and sin, and to be by His name and by His authority baptized for the forgiveness of your sins to receive the gift of the Spirit. Most of us here today have responded to that good news of Jesus Christ, but we know that there may be some among us who haven't. There may be some listening today or watching this that have not. We want you to know that we're ready at any time to assist you in your life of faith and obedience to God and call you into this amazing community, this amazing fellowship in Christ. And if there are any who are here within our number today that we can pray with or bless in any way or help you in your obedience to Christ, let us know. Let's stand together as we sing.